0: Well, Doug, we're not going to waste any time. The NFL schedule is definitely not wasting any time. We kick off things Thursday night uh, with a barn burner, as they say. We've got uh, the team who won the Super Bowl last year, the Los Angeles Rams, going up against the team that most people think will win the Super Bowl this year and the Buffalo Bills. What are the things that you're focusing on in this matchup this week? Von
1: Miller revenge game, baby. Well, we'll start with the Bills offense. The Bills have a receiver group. Stephon Diggs is obviously the alpha. Gabe Davis caught four touchdown passes in that uh, playoff game. But just the way they deploy their receivers. They've got a receiver group. They've got four or five wide, and they will go five wide out of empty on first down. They don't care. They will They will just throw it right at you, the entire playbook, the kitchen sink, and because it's Ken Dorsey instead of Brian Daybolt, that's not going to change. Um, and the Rams lost Darius Williams, the highly underrated Darius Williams, to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the offseason of free agency. Outside of Jalen Ramsey, they got Troy Hill, who came back from Cleveland after a year there. they got David Long, who's a really good slot guy. Robert Rochelle, I believe second-year guy, um, very fast player, good closer. But I don't know if they have what you would call a, at this moment, starting outside corner, outside of Ramsey, and against this receiver group. Again, not just the talent, but the way they're deployed across the field. That could be a big problem for Raheem Morris's defense. Luke what are you looking at
0: yeah you know I think if there is to be a weak link on this Buffalo roster it's got to be the offensive line right and that's never good news when you're going up against a team that has Aaron Donald in the middle but I'm interested to see if if that that job will be made easier by the fact that like you mentioned Von Miller's not just not in Buffalo he's going to be on the other sideline for this game he's going to be in Buffalo playing uh, for the Bills this year so is it going to be easier for the Bills to protect Josh Allen knowing that they don't have to deal with Aaron Donald and Von Miller because that was such a problem for teams last year down the stretch is you've got to you know you got to guard against that interior pressure with Donald but you also have Von Miller on the edge they won't have that this year could make that job a lot easier and then you look on the other side Von Miller's going to be the one going after Matthew Stafford and they also have some other young pass rushers interior and exterior you got Ed Oliver a defensive tackle you got guys like Greg Rousseau uh, and Boogie Basham, some early draft picks from the last couple of years who are there on the edge as well. Uh, that really could be the how this game turns in one direction or the other based on how well they can protect these quarterbacks.
1: I've been waiting for Ed Oliver for a couple of years now to validate my uh, pre-draft comp for him, which was John Randall. Might have overcooked that one. But he did play very well down the stretch last season. Uh, also to note, the Bills signed Roger Saffold uh, this offseason. Very good left guard. So that, that – bumps them up a little bit, but I mean, anyone against Aaron Donald, just forget it. Um, One other thing I'm looking at, Bill's cornerback Tredavious Sweat is on the pup list. He won't be able to return uh, at the earliest week
0: five. Now, Doug, looking at the rest of the week one slate here, we've got some really compelling revenge games for a lot of different reasons which one of those matchups are you looking forward to the most
1: Uh, i'll go with the low-hanging fruit denver at seattle on monday night because i'll be in the press box for that one (laughs) there you go uh the broncos are trying to be like the 2020 buccaneers hat tip to luke and the 2021 rams we had everything else we went out and got an established quarterback in his prime to fill in the blanks and win the super bowl uh it's worked the last two years and the Broncos may be right in that they are only a quarterback away. They're they're pretty solid everywhere else. Um, as for the Seahawks, they're rebuilding from the studs. Uh, from a quarterback perspective with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, they're playing in 2022 for the 2023 draft. Can we get Stroud? Can we get Bryce Young? Can we get whoever comes up out of nowhere and, you know, becomes this Anthony year? Richardson,
0: baby. Anthony Richardson. Oh, my go.
1: Lord, that game. Yeah, he's – I watched him last year and he was pretty good. This year, something – yeah, something went on uh denver is a better team in this game but i was in i was on the field for beast quick i was on the field for fail mary um i was in the press box for the 2014 nfc championship (laughs) game against the packers when the press box was going like this um i've seen too many weird things in that stadium over the last 12 years to think that Denver is just going to kind of you know automatically come in and win it um but it will certainly be a fascinating game so that's i took the obvious one Luke, what is a less obvious revenge game that you find particularly compelling?
0: Yeah, that, that's uh, that's obviously I think everybody's favorite, but I think the one lurking under the radar here is is the the Panthers and the Browns. Baker Mayfield going to face—I know it's not going to be in Cleveland, but going back to face the Cleveland Browns at, for the first game of the season after that whole fiasco—and we could talk all day about the decisions that the Cleveland Browns made at the quarterback oh, position. Not. But let's not – I mean, Baker Mayfield, again, number one overall pick just a few years ago, uh, plays through that that shoulder injury all season for most of last season. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the year, they're like, hey, thanks for doing that, but uh, we're going to go throw a bunch of first-round draft picks and $230 million guaranteed at uh, Deshaun Watson, despite the fact that he's facing, again, numerous uh, allegations of sexual misconduct. And, and so that situation plays out in Cleveland – uh, and Baker Mayfield finds himself in Carolina now, wins the starting job. I don't think anybody was surprised at that, winning that job over Sam Darnold, who was the number three overall pick the same year that, that Baker was number one. Um, and again, I, I think Baker Mayfield at full strength is is a pretty darn good quarterback, and I think he's got some weapons there. Uh, if uh, if Matt Rule doesn't make, make things uh, too hard on him uh, in terms of his coaching and his play calling, I think if if people stay healthy around Baker Mayfield, I think he's talented enough to really do some damage with this offense. So I would love to see that start in week one. Again, I know I'm a Bucks guy and you never want division teams to win, but uh, to see Baker Mayfield go and carve up the Browns after what happened this offseason and the way they handled that situation, that would just be too sweet to me.
1: Mayfield in 2020 was a top 12 quarterback when he was healthy. And then he, he was, you know, his arm was hanging by a string last year. And I had made the point over and over over at touchdown wire that, Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt really didn't set things up for Mayfield's strengths, you know, 11 personnel, boot, and all that. So now he's stuck with Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo out of the frying pan. But I will be fascinated to see how Mayfield, what looked like a healthy Mayfield in the preseason, how he will perform. And did you see Deshaun Watson in the preseason after not playing all the last year? Um, I'm going to be kind and say he was rusty, he was terrible. Take to all the other stuff, just the football stuff. That little bit we got into Jaguars, he did not look anywhere near ready. Now it's 11 games, and, you know, this might be a waste year for the Browns.
0: Doug, every year it feels like we see at least one team go from last place to first place to go from the bottom of their division up to the top and take home that division crown. Who is your contender to take that title this season? I'm, the AFC South is so weird, so I'm not sure about first the AFC
1: South, but they, the Houston Texans are going to be a lot better than people think. Uh, the 2021 draft, which seemed to be the joke of the league because of the Larry McTunsil trade and how much how little the team had to work with, that netted in Davis Mills and receiver Nico Collins, who might be the team's franchise quarterback and number one receiver in in short order, both in the third round. 2022 draft, they're finally free of all of you know Bill O'Brien's mistakes. They get. Uh, cornerback Derek Stanley Jr. They get guard Kenyon Green. They get safety Jalen Petrie and running back Damian Pierce, who and I, all those guys project as starters to plus starters. I do not know. You tell me, Luke, you're a draft guy. How Damian Pierce lasted to the fourth round. He was clearly the best back in this class. The Texans were once the joke of the league. Now I think they're a team, and I don't mean like a three-team spunky. I mean like a seven or eight. You dismiss this team at your peril at this point. Luke, what about you?
0: Yeah, well, and I'd add to that. You have a very experienced head coach in Levy Smith. Who has a lot of winning seasons as an NFL head coach. Went back to the college, college level. Now he's back with some added experience at, at different levels. I think when you have a guy who knows how to win at this level and has the experience of kind of being the CEO of things, he's a real chill, even keel guy. He's not going to get too high, too low. And again, some of those additions that you mentioned, I completely agree. Damian Pierce was running back two for me, but still getting him in the fourth round was ridiculous. Um, I'll, move, I'll stay in the AFC, but I'm going to go to the AFC North where I think, you know, you had a, obviously a ton of parity in that division and the fact that Baltimore finished last, but they were two games out of first. Um, so obviously there's a, a lot of different ways that division could go. But if you've got a healthy Lamar Jackson, uh, you've got some, some again, they've, they moved some of the weapons around. Marquise Brown's not there anymore, but honestly, with the drops last season, I'm not sure how much that impacts things. Hopefully J.K. Dobbins is back at full strength. Hopefully Ronnie Stanley is going to be able to be back. They can rebuild that offensive line with some some healthy bodies. Did they really um, get a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown? Yes, they did. They really did. They really, really did. And, again, you know, it's a similar situation, I think, in the AFC West where it's going to be a really deep, really tightly contested division. Last year you had Denver fish, finishing in last place at 7-10, and 10, so not even far off. And like you said, Russell Wilson changes everything yeah. in terms of the landscape for that team this year. It changes the expectations, but changes their ability to meet those so it wouldn't surprise me at all, honestly, if the ball bounces a few, a few different ways to see Russell Wilson and the Broncos jump from four to one in that division either.
1: One thing about the Ravens, per Football Outsiders, they have an, a, a metric called adjusted games loss, which is you know how many games you lose, like your starters, and your impact players. The Ravens had literally, because they tracked us back to 2001, the Raven had, Ravens had the worst injury luck last year of any team this millennium. That's going to regress to the mean to a point, and they're going to be a lot, uh, you know, a lot feistier this year than they were with everyone out last year.
0: Doug, to finish us off, let's go back to last year's postseason. What playoff team from last season are you most worried about getting back to that point this
1: year? Uh, We'll head back to the AFC North, Luke, and I'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their defense has been carrying their offense over the last couple seasons, so we're used to that. But there are additional issues this season, and I'm not just talking about who will be the quarterback between uh, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Eventually be Pickett. I think we all know that. Their offensive line is a, Mike Tomlin came Mike out. Mike Tomlin's too smart. He's too smart not to make yeah, that call. He's, I mean, he's, not, he's not happy. He's not happy at all about that offensive line, and they were really, really bad. They may have to rely on Najee Harris too much, and Najee Harris – when I say that, he's not a bad back, but he's a sustainer. He's not an explosive, like he wasn't in college. He's not now. He's one of the, you know, if you need he's you know, if you need three yards on third and three, he'll get you three yards. If you need three yards on third and ten, he'll get you three yards. That's kind of who he is. Uh, George Pickens is an absolute freak as a rookie receiver. Uh, Pickett, when he gets in there, I think he'll prove to be a better deep passer than people think he is. I just don't know how much passing game you can put on the field when your line can't protect anybody. I mean, their, their offensive line in the preseason was real. I mean, we say awful often. This was awful. Tomlin called everyone out after the second game. everyone, like everyone's on notice and they don't really have anyone to step up and go, Ooh, you know, this rookie third round guy is going to be awesome. Um, you know, Tomlin's going to coach him up as much as he can. Cause he always does. But, if there's one thing that upends the Steelers from getting back to the playoffs this year, I don't think it's a quarterback situation. It's certainly not the defense. It's that offensive line. That might be the worst line in the NFL. Luke, what about you?
0: Yeah. You bring up Tomlin. I, I don't know how the guy who's the second winningest active coach in the league to Bill Belichick can still somehow be underrated, but I feel like Mike Tomlin is. Uh, was uh, the winning coach of
1: the year last team. year. So that, that's your, you know, all, all due respect yeah.
0: to Mike Vrabel, that was Tomlin's job.
1: God, was really, I agree. Uh,
0: again, I, I mentioned Bill Belichick already, and I'm going to take the Patriots again. Yeah. You know, looking at the way their offense looked in the preseason, looking at and you want to talk about offensive line. They traded Shaq Mason for a fifth round pick, and then spent it a first spend a first round pick on Cole Strange. Uh, you know, nothing against Cole Strange, but that that switch and and the fact that you've still got Mac Jones just trying to manage the game as best as possible. He has no explosive playmakers in that passing game. They've got some guys that can you know be successful possession targets and can move the chains from time to time they've got a stable of backs that I think collectively can give you some production but nobody who really scares anybody I don't think and then you look at the defense they lost one of the best if not the best corner in the league in JC Jackson last year and really didn't do anything to replace man
1: man corner and for a team that plays heavy man that's a problem
0: right and that's after trading uh Stephon Gilmore as well so when you talk about the the additions and subtractions they made on that side of the ball I don't think that's a net win at all Uh, with what happened this offseason so again I'm never going to bet against Bill Belichick and his ability to again coach guys up and and get the most out of what he has is definitely second to none but man if if I look at what I'm seeing on paper look at what we saw in the preseason I just don't see a playoff team when I look at New England
1: I think they're putting too much on Matt Jones's shoulders I think they're going from heavy gap to inside outside zone hey we want to be like Sean McVay they got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge co-running the offense. I think that speaks for itself. And eventually it's going to be like one of those vacation movies where Belichick just turns the car around. He's had it. He's going to do it his way. Um, but the you know how long that lasts, I don't know. Could be halfway through the first quarter of week one. We'll see.
0: Well, Doug, we're not going to be turning this car around. We are going headlong into the NFL season. Week one is upon us. We finally made it. We are thankful to all you guys for tuning in. We can't wait to see you guys next week. Uh, Thanks again. Take care, everyone.